If you would just open your uh, Bibles or your iPad or whatever you have with you, and we're going to turn to the book of, we've been there, uh, Acts chapter 13, but here's what we're going to do when we get there, and you're going to see something very different this morning as you turn to that passage of Scripture. Now, on the overhead, there's a word that you're familiar with, Bible, (laughs) Bible. What is the Bible? Basic instructions before leaving earth. Aren't you glad we have a Bible that gives us instructions how to do life right and how to get to heaven? It's awesome. I was given this many years ago, and I thought it was interesting. There's nothing in this. It's a Bible, but there's nothing in it. Do you know this morning, billions of people are trying to do life right with their own wisdom. They don't know anything about the Bible, and yet some have 20 or 30 of these in their house. but it's filled with dust. It's not used. Or, I used to believe that, but I don't believe that. That's outdated. I want to tell you this morning, look at this next statement. When we open the Bible, hallelujah, God opens his mouth. As I teach from this word, any pastor, it's God speaking to us. You know, God's Word is God's mind. Sometimes I have to remind myself, well, God, what do you think? Hello, open the Bible. That's what God thinks. And that's what I'm going to teach you today. I'm so glad we have the Bible. It is actually, we know this as a truth, it's a living Bible. Now, our title today is simply this. Enjoying the benefits of God's living word. So get ready, because as I start teaching, God's going to speak right to you, right to your spirit. He speaks to us. Now, when I talk about all these things called benefits, enjoying the benefits of God's living word, how many of you enjoy a benefit? Okay, it's taking a while. Let's see. Did anybody have coffee this morning or are you having trouble? Okay, let me just give you an idea. You, you go into work and you've been at home the whole time. Now you, they invite you back to the office to be there live. And when you walk in and the, and the boss says, uh, everybody that's back now, thank you for being at home. I'm giving you a $5,000 bonus. Now, would you call that a benefit? Let me ask that same question. Anybody like benefits? Okay, that helped a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. So that, that's what we're talking about. And you're going to see that all the benefits that God gives us because of his word. Now, as you turn to Luke, excuse me, Acts 13, Luke is writing this, and we'll be down in verses 38 and 39. But let me just review you quickly from last week. Paul has completed his sermon in this town to, in, a, in a synagogue to two groups of people, Jews and Gentiles. Gentiles, pagans, don't know anything about God. But they started to come to the synagogue because they were worshiping idols that, that God gave them nothing, no satisfaction, no wisdom, no, it, uh, an idol can't speak. When an when a idol opens his mouth, by the way, number one, he can't open his mouth anyway. And there's going to be nothing coming from it. So they went and they said, okay, we understand there's a one true living God. And so they came in. And they weren't full prostitutes. I mean, uh, to the Jewish thing, they would not go with the law and the rules and the regulations. That drove them crazy. But at least they were worshiping. Now, the Jews in the synagogue, problem. They didn't believe in Jesus at all. They're back in the Old Testament. They're not interested in any of that. So he's teaching, 
And from the Old Testament, you remember last week, basically Paul just said this. Jesus is our Messiah. He died for man's sins. It was buried and raised from the dead. He is your absolute Messiah. Now, when he did that, then look at verse 38 and 39. Uh, Look what he says, the benefits that will come. Here we are. Therefore, my brothers, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, listen, through him, only Jesus, everyone who believes is justified from everything you could not be justified from by the law of Moses. So Paul says to this synagogue group, Gentiles who know know nothing about Jesus at all, Jews that don't believe in Jesus at all, and that's why the Gentiles never heard the word Jesus, because they would not teach it. Paul says to these Jews and Gentiles, I've taught you the word in his sermon, his truth. You will never be forgiven of your sins by trying to keep the rules, the regulations, the law. In other words, Paul is saying this as a summary, as I just read to you. In other words, you'll never be good enough to earn your own salvation. It's impossible. And then Paul ends his sermon with an amazing biblical truth, but it's going to require a decision. You see, when you hear the word, there's usually a decision you have to do. I believe with that. I agree with that. I don't like that. I'll do that. Mm, Not sure. Well, he's going to do this. So here's the first, if you want to write down, enjoy Bible benefits. Here's the first one. See it on the overhead. You guys at home, you guys in Vera, you guys in Sebastian, you're all, we're all watching together. Enjoy Bible benefits by believing in Jesus as your Savior. Here come the benefits. And you will be forgiven of all your sins. And you will also be justified. In other words, you'll be made right with God as if you never, ever had Sin. Could I hear an amen right there? Now, that's a benefit. Now, that's an incredible benefit. Why is that a huge benefit? Because man's greatest need is forgiveness. Without Jesus, there's no forgiveness. There's no ever, ever going to be a way to be right with God. And that's why Paul talks about this. The whole Bible is on this. There's only one way to God. And it's for forgiveness and heaven and eternity and all that. It's through the person of Jesus. Now, Here's where the issue is going to come. Look at verse 40 and 41. 40 and 41. All of our campuses and you guys at home. Take care, Paul's still teaching, what the prophets have said does not happen to you. So here comes a warning from Paul. Look, you scoffers, you wonder and perish, for I am going to do something new in your days that you would never believe even if someone told you. Now, remember, the Jews knew the Old Testament. So Paul goes right back to Habakkuk 1.6, where God promises judgment on his nation, the nation of Israel. And the judgment is going to come through pagan Gentiles. And he did that because the Jews ignored God's rulings. They just became like the enemy, like the people that were pagans. So God punished them and promised judgment on them, and they often went, basically were captured by other nations. So Paul says this, when he says this, Paul warns to the Jews, you're mocking what I taught. You're making fun that Jesus is alive. You refuse to believe these biblical truths. And if you continue that, you will also be judged just like your ancestors. You will be judged for not believing the truths of the Bible. Now, some of you are probably saying right now, Pastor Mark, how how can being warned by God be a benefit? That can't be right. 
It is right. Let me give you a couple examples. When Linda and I moved here from Michigan, way back in 69, I had been a director of a hospital pharmacy in Michigan. Then we came down here, and then I spent 25 years as director of pharmacy at Wustoff in Rockledge. But when I went through school, pharmacy school, five years, and then your internship and all this stuff, I learned something very important. I learned to warn people about their prescriptions, about their prescriptions. How many remember the last prescription you got in a bottle? Did you just get the bottle, or did you get four pages of warnings? <laughs> how, many, how many remember that? Yeah. Now, see, in my day, way back then, you had nothing to offer people. There was no pages. There was no anything. You just had to tell them personally. So I learned a lot of things at that time. Here's what I learned to do in college. Uh, Ma'am, you must take this medicine with food. If not, it's going to destroy your stomach. It, you'll cause bleeding in your stomach. And today, I would say something like this. I'm not in it anymore. Uh, it, it, you cannot take Advil, which is an NSAID, and Celebrex, which is a more powerful one, longer acting, to, at the same time. If you do, it will affect your health, and you definitely will absolutely probably bleed in your stomach. Now, is that warning for the patient that's going to take this medicine, is that a benefit to them or a negative to them? It's a benefit. Thank you for the truth. And that's what you would say to a pharmacist. Thank you for absolutely doing that. Now, let me give you another example. You're a mom and dad. Your five-year-old son has a birthday. So when that birthday's there, you get him a new bike. And mom and dad sit down, and they say to their five-year-old son, I'm warning you, you cannot ride your bike in the street. No way. Second, uh, you cannot ride your bike across the street to get to your friend's house. You cannot do it. Now, why would that warning come from the parents? Why would they warn them? Is that a benefit or is that a negative? You know why they warned them? Because they love him. Now, you're going to see in the Bible, in a moment, <clears throat> the Bible is filled with do's and don'ts. The bottom line is both of them are because God loves us. We're children of God. We're children of God. Now, that's hard for people because they don't like the word warning. Warning. Let me give you an idea. Here it is on the overhead. God's don'ts and God's do's prove that God loves us. And I'll prove it to you. I don't ever remember, which is strange to me, because it could be my memory, preaching a sermon about do's and don'ts from God. But it's pretty well all through the Bible. Remember that God put, when he created Adam and Eve, put them in paradise in the garden. And God said, many do's, do this, do this. There's a tree. You'll love that fruit. Enjoy that. It's great. You're going to be free. Wow, it's beautiful. Do, 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 do. For you. You're free to do whatever you want to do. All kinds of do's. Go for it. But then he gave him one don't. Now, why did he give him the one don't? Was that a benefit or a negative? What was the one don't? Don't eat from that tree. And with the warning, he said, if you do, you will surely die spiritually and physically. You will be separated from me. Well, you know the story. You've heard it a million times. What happened? They disobeyed. They ignored the warning of God. Don't. And you know who suffered? They did. You know who else suffered? Raise your hand. If you're a human being, raise your hand. Well, we have some that aren't human here. This is interesting. <laughs> Pastor Mark, what are you talking about? When they sinned, the DNA in every person after that has sin in it. My base is sin. Every person is born of sin. Every brand new baby. 
I'm going to dedicate a bunch of babies in, in next month. Every baby is born with the sin nature. Why? Because it started there and it was transferred. That's why Jesus came, to get rid of our sin nature and sins. So understand do's and don'ts. It should understand what basically. But there's one other great application. When God designed the nation of Israel, he, he designed the nation of Israel to be light in a dark world because the world was filled with worshiping idols and so forth. Same thing. Uh, people in the sky, all kinds of things. They'd worship the sea. They'd worship whatever. And he, he asked them to be light, but they failed. And they actually became to worship all kinds of things. But then, finally, God said to Moses, come up here. I'm going to give you Ten Commandments. That's the law. And I'm going to give you do's and don'ts to allow people to enjoy the benefit of all my words. So here it is. God's commandments. Do and don't. Prove that God loves us. Same principle. You see, there's choices. There's this decision in everything. Oh, I, I, I obey all the commandments except the last three. Careful. Satan knows that. I remember this statement, not for me. A pastor said this. Choose to sin and choose to suffer. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? Say, where's the love in that? God's warning. Don't do it. We've all been there. Choose to sin. Choose to suffer. How many marriages have been destroyed by adultery affairs? And you look back and go, what was I thinking? Well, you weren't thinking like God's word because he tells us no. Our world doesn't believe in any of that today. Marriage is one man and one woman for life. Our world goes, no, we'll do it our way. Will they suffer? They're suffering now, and eventually they'll suffer forever unless they come to Jesus. Now, when that warning came to the Jews and the Gentiles, how are they going to respond? What are they going to do with that? Well, look at verse 42. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people, which is all the people that were in the service, invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. See, there was a great interest in the biblical truth that Paul shared. Not so much for the Jews, but some Jews eventually became believers. But the, but the other people were just excited about it, the, the Gentiles. After the service at the synagogue was dismissed, they all came out and they got a hold of Paul and Barnabas and they said this, we're hungry to know more truth. This is the first truth we really heard. We're hungry to know the truth. So here's another, if you're writing notes, enjoy Bible benefits. God's word satisfies our hunger for his truth. Now, I want everybody to look at me. All the campuses, Vera, Sebastian, you guys online, and all the homes you're at from all of the United States, good to have you again here in Melbourne, up in the balcony, so forth. Listen to this. When God created you, he wired you to be fed spiritually by his word. It isn't an unnatural thing. God has put a real hunger for his word in our lives as Christians. You say, well, Pastor Mark, is that really true? Well, let's take a look at this verse that Jesus speaks, Matthew 4, 4. Look what he says. And Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone. Now, of course, we have to have food, physical food to survive. But on a couple words that comes from the mouth of God. Is that what it says? No, it says what? Come on, every word. So every word is going to include what? Do's and you got it. And they come from the mouth of God. When you open the Bible, God opens his mouth to speak to us. So there it is. That's the principle. 
Now, look at Jeremiah, Old Testament. Interesting verse. You got to take it spiritually. When your words came, Jeremiah says, I ate them. I didn't take the Bible and eat it. It's spiritual. They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. So see, even back in the Old Testament, it, it satisfied them. It satisfied them. Now, if you're reading the Bible, the same amount you're eating food, you'll be very spiritually healthy. Actually, maybe a little overweight in the spiritual part. But if you, every few weeks, open the Bible, you're going to be starving. Because this word is meant to be part of us. Now, we're not talking about every day you read 25 verses and memorize it, look at the Greek and the Hebrew. We're just talking about you connect with God through the word of God. It's living. It's not just sitting on the page. And it has to be living in my heart as well. So thank you for being even here at the services. That's a good thing that happens. Now, look at verse 43. Now, when the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism, so we have Jews, and then the, uh, they basically came to Christ and, and the Gentiles as well. They followed Paul and Barnabas who talked to, with them and urged them, interesting, to continue in the grace of God. Now, remember, during the week, Paul and Barnabas met with these seeking people. They're looking for more. And many of them did believe, so they became believers. They had God in them. And they knew they came believers because they'd never heard it before because of the grace of God. They couldn't ever. Remember we read, you can't work your way to heaven. It's got to be God's grace. Now, when you think about that, Paul is challenging these new believers to continue in the grace of God. Now, why would that be? Watch this. What is grace of God? What is that? How would you define it? Very simple. Grace is undeserved favor. It's a gift from God. It's a free gift of forgiveness, salvation, and eternal life. Remember, you can't earn it. It's a gift. It's a gift from God. You want to be good. We all want to do good things, but you're not ever going to get to heaven except we accept that's what you do at salvation. You accept the gift, and the gift was that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Now, look at this. What does the word to continue mean? It means to abide. It means to remain or persevere. Just keep going. Now, what does to continue in grace mean? What is Paul trying to say to these brand new baby believers? Paul knew that this concept of salvation, having a personal relationship with God, was brand new to these Jews and the Gentiles. They're just kind of put their foot in the water just a little bit. Oh, I, I get it now. I, I believe it. I, I, I understand it. But Paul knew that in the synagogue, watch me, in the synagogue, there's unbelieving Jews. No way. We get to heaven by obeying the law. You're lying. And Paul knew this, that some of those unbelieving Jews would try to get the new believing Jews in a corner. And they would definitely try to do it to the Gentiles and just say that what you heard from Paul, it's too good to be true. Forget it. Don't try to live in this grace thing. There is no such thing. You got to do your own thing to get to heaven. Well, he knew that they would try to go back to the law. And Paul says, no, 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 no. You got to continue in it. Don't let them say what I didn't say, believe God's truth. Now, he knew they would go back. There's two things. Look at me. Grace, legalism. Very common in the Bible. Paul wrote about it, the whole book of Galatians. Grace versus legalism. Well, what is legalism? Look at here. Legalism is dead religion, wrongly teaching teaches that we can earn our salvation by our own good works. 
Actually, legalism is the opposite of grace. Now, where does legalism come from? Satan. Satan. Paul would write the whole thing. Look what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians. But whatever I am now, this is Paul, writes it later in one of his books. It is all because God poured out his special favor on me. God gave it. It was a gift. It was a benefit. Then he says this. On me and not without results. His grace impacted me. That benefit really impacted my life. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles. Yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. Now, that's a humble statement. Now, if you read Paul's writings, and he wrote so much of the New Testament, he will mention the word grace 100 times. Because he came out of the legalism. And he, he knew that people would try to get back into it. And he'd have to write to churches. No, no, no. You went the wrong way. We're not into legalism. We're into God's grace. Get back to where you need to be. Now, here's a benefit. Enjoy Bible benefits. God's gift of grace, grace saves us and helps us to continue to follow Jesus. See, when you take grace away... Now you're going to try to do it by yourself, and you can never live the godly life by yourself. You need God's help. Now, look at verse 44. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city, can you believe this? Almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Let me just do this. Let me back up two weeks. Two weeks before. There's nobody in the town that knows anything about Jesus. Nobody. Two weeks later, the whole town gathers. Now, how did that happen? Well, they got on Facebook, and they got on, they, they sent emails, and they texted their friends, and they saw an advertisement on the TV. Is that true? No. Now, that's what we would do today, but not a, not a chance here. There's not a chance. And when you see this, here's what happened. How did it spread? There was no social media, no no internet, no smartphones, no newspapers, no TV. But what they did was simply this. They shared excitingly what happened to their life. It was a personal kind of thing for them. And I just want to say this. When they got changed, the Jews and the Gentiles, they couldn't keep it to themselves. They had to go and say, you know what? You know those idols we worship? I have a God now that lives in me, and he speaks to me. I don't understand it yet, but I have peace and I have joy. And so they just went over and over to their friends, and they shared the good news with everybody that, you know what? My life, my past life, all the stuff that I did that was wrong, maybe they said to their wife, their husband, whatever, I'm sorry about that. It's all forgiven and forgotten. It's because of God's grace. Now, it spread like wildfire because of one thing. Personal invitations. Remember, God uses people to reach people. And I want to thank you, all of you here at Melbourne, and Sebastian, and, and, and Vieira, and watching online. Thank you. Because how did we get all these people saved? Because you have had done what? You've had personal invitations. You've talked to people. You've invited neighbors. You, you've, on Facebook or wherever now, you send to a friend in, in Idaho, say, please watch this sermon. Not about me. Just listen to the word of God. If you're having a hard time, just listen to the worship that happened today. You know, God will never leave us alone. And when you do that personally, it starts to do things in people's hearts because they're looking for answers to life. And we have the answers to life. The name is Jesus in the book is called the Bible. Now, so I want to thank you so much. Enjoy Bible benefits. Here it is. God's word is living, and it can change anyone's life. That is a promise from God. No one is beyond the help of God. Now, verse 45. Think what's going to happen. And when the Jews saw the crowds, now these Jews are the ones that are angry. They didn't get saved. They don't believe in Jesus. Some of the other Jews did. And basically all the Gentiles did. But watch what it says. When the Jews, the ones that are unbelievers, saw the crowds, they were filled with 
jealousy. And they talked abusively against what Paul was saying. These huge crowds with new Christ followers, they had been living their whole life in the kingdom of Satan. You know that when we're born, we're born in the kingdom of Satan. And that's why Jesus said, you must be born again. And that's the kingdom of God. So all of these people in the town move from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God because of salvation through Jesus. Now, what do you think Satan was excited about? He hated it. He knew he's in trouble. But the Jews knew this even more. The Jews who didn't believe lied and opposed the word of God. Whatever Paul taught you, it's absolutely impossible. It's a lie. And they knew something else. They knew, remember, in this town before Paul came, what was the focus in this town? Dead idols. Can you imagine bowing down to this? Well, that's what was happening in the town. Why did the Gentiles go over to the synagogue? Because there was, they were teaching that there's one true living God. But now what? When you see that, what are the Jews jealous about? All these people are going to leave our church. And we're going to be left alone with just a few Jews. So they're jealous like crazy. We're not going to let that happen. So they start lying about Paul. And this is just the first enemy trick that's going to happen here. Now, when you see that, look at verse 46, and I'll read it to you from the New Living. Then Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly. Remember? They were making fun of Paul's teaching and making fun of the Word of God. And and they spoke boldly and declared, it was necessary that we first preach the Word of God to you Jews. In other words... We came to you Jews because God commanded us to come to you first. And everywhere Paul would go, he'd go to the synagogue first. And then he would go to the Gentiles. Now, Paul writes this in Romans. Listen. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Now, listen to the last part. First to the Jew and then to the Gentile. Now, remember, Jesus was a Jew, and he came for his own people. But what you're going to hear Paul say is very interesting. This opposition, he's going to be bold, and he says, we came to you first, and then the Gentiles were there. And that's why all the Gentiles say, because they believe way more than the Jews would believe. So to combat this opposition, Paul and Barnabas make this declaration. Look, we are going to speak the word of God to you first. We were required to do that. Now, where do we know that? Watch this. God's word. Could they be bold enough? Yes, they're going to stand for the truth. Remember, they're just told, you lie, you lie. said, no, 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 we don't lie. Now, they could have ran away from that, but they didn't do this. Here's enjoy benefits. God's word tells us to be bold and stand in his strength. Now think of this. When we share today the gospel, lots of people make fun of us. You know that that church down there, you know, with that tall, beautiful, handsome man. It must be some other church, obviously. What they say, don't go and listen to that guy. He's crazy. I want to tell you, I was raised by a godly dad and mom, which is not my benefit, just a blessing out of my mind. My wife, her parents were both believers. What a start in life. That's the blessing of God. But guys, don't give up when people make fun of you and talk against our God. Be bold. Look what Paul writes. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Just keep going. So Paul says, we're not giving up. We're just going for it. Now look at verse 46. Here comes the real boldness. Here comes 
the don'ts and the do's. Paul says this to the Jews who are unbelievers, who are unbelievers. But since you Jews have rejected it, the truth that Jesus is the Messiah, and judged yourselves unworthy of eternal life, we now will no longer offer it to you. We will offer it to the Gentiles. Whoa. Now they think, good, they're wrong. Acts 13, 47, look at it in your Bibles, in the balcony, in our campuses, look at this. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Paul says, God commanded us. We are now a light to the Gentiles. That's what the whole nation of Israel was about. Going to the pagans, showing God's light. They lived in darkness. Our world is filled with darkness today because they don't believe in the light of God. So here's what I wrote. Enjoy Bible benefits. Jesus is the light of the world. Christ followers get to reflect his light by sharing the good news. See, you even heard in our song today, you may feel like you're in the dark. Here's what John 8, 12 says. Jesus says this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. As a Christian, you never have to walk in the darkness. That's Satan making fun of you. Don't listen to him. Jesus is the light of the world. Fight him yourself. Stand bold. I feel I'm in the darkness. I'm feeling, man, my mind isn't clear. Say to the enemy, you're defeated. God, clear my mind. Bring the light of the gospel right into my heart right now. See, we have to do that because Satan loves to live in darkness. Darkness is a representative of sin. Now, look at 48, verse 48. Now, when the Gentiles heard this, it's interesting, Luke doesn't say when the Jews heard this, the Jews go, it says, look at verse 48, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The Gentiles were ecstatic. They were excited. Paul, Barnabas, thank you for teaching us the good word. Two weeks ago, we never even knew the word Jesus. We never understood salvation. We never understood sins. Thank you so much. We have a privilege of listening to you. We believe what you taught us. They were just absolutely, absolutely out of their mind. Thank you for helping us see the benefit of having Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Now look at verse 49. And the word of the Lord spread through the whole religion, uh, region. Through the whole region. Now, that means there was what? More and more sharing of the truth. Now, the word spread like wildfire. Now, why? Here's something. And don't miss next weekend. I'm going to do something as a side issue, but it's going to be powerful. God gave it to me a few weeks ago, and I didn't know where to fit it, but now I knew. Now, the the, the word uh, spread everywhere. How many know the fires that are happening in California. It does what? It spreads where? Everywhere. Why? Because it's alive. It's alive. Now, when the Bible truths spread everywhere, why is that? Because God's word is alive. It is not just words on paper. And that's going to be my topic next week. You'll see it out of Hebrews. It's living. And it's powerful. And when it gets into a person's heart, it spreads. It doesn't spread nasty fire. It spreads wonderful grace and truth to people. That's why we share the word of God. So Paul knew that this was happening there. And here's the next thing. Verse 50. Look at the, look at the opposite side. But the unbelieving Jews incited God-fearing women of high standing. See, the women always get in this kind of place here. Oh, excuse me. I didn't mean that. I'm just, 
bounce it off. Don't email me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Look at here. Incited by God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. See? I balanced it. Are you okay? I'm balancing it. So what's happening is they're coming after Paul and Barnabas. They don't want them in the city. They're going to do whatever they can do. And they stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas. And look at the last part of that verse. Watch me. They kicked him out of the city. They kicked him totally out. They just said, you're gone. You will not be in this city ever again. You're done. We expel you out of here from our region. Now, that opposition didn't surprise Paul. It doesn't surprise Barnabas. It shouldn't surprise you or me. When things are going really well and it's successful, Satan steps on with opposition always. But you don't have to worry about it. Now, here's another enjoy benefits. God's word is alive and it doesn't return empty. Now, Paul and they, when they leave, they're not worried about what's there. Why? Because they have a lot of believers now. Now, they're young believers. They're really young believers. But they're going to be gone. Now, let me share one more thing. This church is less than two weeks old. Wow. And the guy that leads it, they're gone. They're kicked out of the church. They're kicked out of the town. So here, look at Isaiah. I love this verse. Isaiah 55, 11. So as, as it is my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve for the purpose of which I sent it. God says his word will never return void and empty. So as you're hearing the word today, it's not my word, it's God's. It will, it will find a way to give purpose and meaning to your life. But you have to believe it. have to believe it. Now look at verse 51. So they, Paul and Barnabas, shook the dust from their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. They go to another city. Now, this is strange. They shook off the dust of their feet. It was something that the Jews did, something that Jesus even practiced uh, and told his disciples to do, symbolizing separating yourself from people that won't believe. They're, they're, why stay there? You're not going to get anywhere at some point. Look at what Jesus says. Let me read it to you in Matthew 10, 14. Jesus says this. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, speaking to his disciples, shake, off, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that home or town. Just leave it. Don't, go, don't spend all your time there. You're free to move on to some other town or some other house or some other people that will be at least receptive to hear you. You can beat all day. You'll not get anywhere. Just leave. Now, what was one of the dangers with Paul and Barnabas? When that happened, they were so excited. Here's one of their dangers. Paul or Barnabas would say to Paul, let's just throw in the towel. Look what we did. Look at all the changes. Now we don't have a city to go to. We're done. We're finished. Let's just go back where some people like us. No, they didn't do that. They went on to the next city. Now who directed them to go to the next city? Holy Spirit. Because they were spirit-filled. Barnabas and and Paul were spirit-filled. And the Spirit directed him to the next tome, town, Iconium. Now watch this. Here's something good for us. Later in life, Paul knew that this city would be sharing the gospel among each other. And let me just share with you what I believe happened in that town. And I'll, you'll see that. Look at what Paul gives in two truths. Galatians 6, 9. So let's not get tired of doing... What is good? And just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Now, some of you, because of the virus and all kinds of things, 
jobs and all these you, you kind of may just just give up just just give up this thing don't give up don't throw the towel in look what god promises enjoy bible benefits paul writes this as well i can do all things through god who gives me the strength stay with him you're never going to be alone don't throw the towel in god's beside you now what will happen to that church who's only been established a week or two Well, look at verse 52. And the disciples, whoa, who are they talking about there? These new believers. In two weeks, Paul calls these men and women, Gentile men and women, disciples. They're already learning to mature and grow. And he says they were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. I'm sure Paul said to him, the minute you accepted Jesus Christ, here's the next thing that happens. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, comes to live in you. And they're probably thinking, third person of the Trinity. But they knew something. They are not alone. Because they had a personal relationship with Jesus. All their sins are gone. And when the Holy Spirit came in them, I'm sure Paul said this. When the Holy Spirit came in, remember, right after he became a believer... Ananias had to come and said, I've come to open your eyes and to ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Now, see, when the Holy Spirit fills us, when the Holy Spirit, by the way, if you're a Christian, you, at the moment of salvation, you have the Holy Spirit in you, third person in Trinity. Now, what does that Holy Spirit do? Well, the Holy Spirit teaches us, comforts us, encourages us, directs us, and then fills us with God's power and his joy. So Paul is saying, and to Barnabas say, we're going on to the next city. That's where God wants us. God's going to take care of his church. Relax. The Holy Spirit's going to be there. And let me just say to you, not only do we need to continue in grace, we need to continue in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if we're empty, we miss the comfort, the direction, the boldness, and the peace and the joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. So these new believers, as they see Paul and Barnabas go, it's kind of a mixed thing. Oh, we learned so much in two weeks. Paul said, relax. You have God living inside you. Perfect, perfect God. So what do we learn? Paul wrote this later. This is huge. Romans 10, 9. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, and that's exactly what they did, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I'm sure when he thought about that verse later when he wrote it, he thought right back to here. These guys believed in Jesus. They were not. Notice what it says. If you openly declare. They didn't say, I became a Christian. I became a Christian. I don't want anybody to know that I became a Christian. Why would you do that? That was the greatest benefit you could ever have in your whole life. Never be ashamed of the gospel. Never be ashamed that you're a Christian. We're going to heaven, and we're having a great time now. Remember, Jesus said, I came to give you life abundantly to the full. Paul and Barnabas knew this group of people were going to be very successful. Now, we learned today we're all able to enjoy God's benefits, all of them that are found in the Bible. The greatest benefit you can ever know is that your sins are forgiven and forgotten. Why? Because Jesus died for us, went to the cross, paid for our sins. Now, some of you, in a moment, I'm going to ask all of us to pray, but not yet. Some of you from our campuses, you've never taken a personal step toward believing in Jesus. You believe in God. You're probably a good person. That's why you're here listening. But you've never made it personal. See, you can't just know about God. You have to know God personally. And the only way to do that is through accepting Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins. And I'll lead you in a prayer in a moment, privately, in your seat, or watching online, or wherever you're at. doesn't matter. If you'll just do that, I'm going to give you an opportunity of a lifetime. And it's a grace of God. He's come to you. And uh, when you do that, You will be a changed person supernaturally. I don't understand it either, but it totally changes you. Now, some of you used to serve God. 
But when the Holy Spirit, you were trying to do something, and the Holy Spirit said to you, don't, you didn't listen. And you got on a path that you wonder how you ever got on. It's time to come home. You'll hear Satan say, no, you did too much. People will be laughing at you. How stupid were you? Let me tell you this. God loves you. Forget it. He loves to forgive people. He loves to give us new starts. If I tried to count how many new starts I had in my life, I couldn't count them. Don't look at me like I'm weird. You couldn't count them either. He loves to give us new starts because we're failed people. So I'm going to pray a prayer for you. If you want your sins forgiven and you want to know you're going to go to heaven when you die, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Every person watching me, all the campuses online, just as Christians, you bow your head right now. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray for the people that are going to be praying this prayer. Please, just pray to God. Say, God, open their hearts, soften their hearts. May they see the need of Jesus. Just pray that while I give this prayer. For those of you that want to pray the prayer or make a recommitment, come back to God. Just quietly bow your head and pray this with me right now. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I know you died on the cross for my sins. I need your forgiveness. And today, I choose to follow you as my Savior and my Lord. Please come in and change my life. I receive your gift of salvation. And I look forward to a life of change and freedom and forgiveness and purpose and security and even joy and hope. Thank you for your kindness to me.